the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. in the house thanking you for joining us tonight as well for the bible live quiz show this is the soapster we're all ready we've got uh, our questions lined up for you tonight coming from the books of psalms and proverbs we uh, we read from both the psalms and the proverbs this past week as we made our way through the final books of the Old Testament, the books of Zechariah, we just read the final chapter of the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, and then we read the last book, the last prophetic book from the Old Testament, the one written uh, before the 400 years of silence that separates the Old from the New Testament, and that was the book of Malachi. So we read those uh, chapters, and then we went over to read the final book of the New Testament. We always read it here around the end of October, the beginning of November, somewhere around the, the time of Halloween. Uh, since the culture is all caught up and 
trying to think about uh, the spiritual dimension and ghosts and goblins and witches and all that thing. Well, we end up reading the book of the Revelation, which is uh, <clears throat> a book that talks a lot about the spiritual dimension of life, about a dragon, uh, uh, about angels, about the judgments of God. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that tonight as I ask you questions from the book of the Revelation. So let's uh, let's get some questions out there on the airwaves. First off, just so you'll have some things to be working with, some questions you might want to call in and answer for us. Our local number is 340-9585, 340-9585. And if you can uh, <clears throat> call in and answer these questions, then you will be a winner on the program, and we'll try to put together a little package of our gift certificates and prizes from our sponsors and mail that out to you for from the Bible Live quiz show here on Sunday evenings. <clears throat> Got some news for you tonight, some things that will be upcoming. As you know, our uh, program, the Bible Live, is uh, it has a Bible reading Portion that is Monday through Friday in the weeknights uh, at nine thirty. We have a time of you're getting a chance to hear the actual Bible itself. Every year now for fourteen years, we've been reading through the entire Bible here on the public airwaves uh, in this great city of San Antonio, and letting you and others like you and families and young people and children and and uh, older folk maybe hearing impaired or maybe they're getting a little. Uh, a little harder for them in reading. Eyesight's a little hard. So the hearing the Bible is a great privilege and, and blessing to them. Well, we've been putting the Bible on the public airwaves now. This is our 14th year. And uh, we are we are going to stop doing the Monday through Friday, the Bible reading program on the radio. We're going to move our Bible reading uh, format and program to the Internet We'll be picking up. You can still go to BibleLive.com, BibleLive.com, and you'll be able to hear uh, and, and follow the, the reading schedule. It'll be posted there on the Internet as well. And you can hear all the readings and continue to uh, listen your way through the entire Bible every year. And as you uh, li- hear the Bible there on the Internet, There'll also be posted there the, the questions that we'll be asking each and every week on the here on the weekends, and you can still dial in and join us on the program and answer questions and win prizes. So we're going to continue, uh, for the time being at least, the weekend program, the quiz show, uh, and continue to review the passages that we have on our Bible reading schedule each year. Now, we're, it's a little bit of a transition period here, so bear with us. Uh, we're trying to get uh, the bandwidth and all of that figured out and uh, so that you'll be able to hear the Bible readings each and every week continue, but it will not be on the radio. You'll be able to go to the Internet and find those readings. And then also... That opens up the Bible readings, not only to our city, to those of you who would like to hear the Bible read in its entirety every year. Uh, You can still go there and find them, but that brings the Bible readings to a national audience as well. And we'll be inviting them at the website to call in as well on Sunday evening and be a part of 
our program here and call and, and win prizes and so on. So it's going to be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go through a little transition period. We'll see what the Lord does. And uh, hopefully it'll be something that, that still, that folks who want to hear the scriptures, the entire Bible every year, in a good, clear, modern version, the New Living Translation, will still be able to join us and still be able to hear the scriptures and go through the scriptures with us and then call in on the weekend and ask questions and give their comments and some maybe the your testimonial about what a scripture passage has meant to you and how it's blessed you or what it meant to you in a particular time of your life. All of those things that we've been doing now for many, many years, going through the Bible every year, but not academics. Our emphasis is not academics, although it, we are we do try to dig deep and understand the scriptures uh, genuinely and truly what they say but more devotionally we're we're interested in getting to know the god of the bible getting to know the author as we understand the passages themselves and their message for our lives and how we should live so uh, we're going to continue uh, with the weekend program for this time being and we really would would ask you to continue Praying for us, continue to join us on the weekends, and continue to, as you're able, to help us as we stay on the air here at this uh, at this hour on uh, every Sunday evening. Uh, we still would need your help and support as we try to keep the program and keep the Bible reading and make it our, our passion and our calling and vision is to make the Bible available to men and women all over our nation. I've always dreamed of being the Apache Indian that read the Bible to America. That's been kind of the dream behind all of these years that we spent and all the investment of time and energy and resources to make the Bible available to people, normal folk across the nation. Uh, And so we're going to see if this helps us to move closer to that objective and to that vision. So uh, pray for us and continue to join us on the weekends. We'd love to have you along. And you can call and be part of the program by dialing 340-9585, 340-9585. And, and long-distance callers from here or anywhere in the continental United States will be able to call 877 uh, well, it'll be 87-BIBLE, but we w- will also invite people to call 877-630-5757. But uh, we've got two numbers they could call. We'll probably be promoting our 877-87-BIBLE number there at the website so people can, can join us on Sunday evenings as well. Anyway, there you go. That's our little announcement. We'll try to let people know about it through the uh, hour and a half here, now the 90 minutes we have. We'll continue to let folks know <clears throat> so that they'll know what the Bible Live and Soapy Dollar are up to here on this great station and in this great city of San Antonio. Well, here's some questions for you from Psalm 139. Psalm 139. There is something in Psalm 139. I think you'll uh, like this. It'll be a blessing to you if you know the answer to it. What is it? In Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18, what is it that outnumbers the grains of sand? I mean, that's that's kind of a vast, almost infinite number, uh, more than any of us could think. By the way, I just returned this week, uh, early uh, Saturday morning at 2 in the morning. We landed. We've been 
10 days in Panama. We went down and and we have a little mission project down there in one of the cities of Las Tablas, Panama. And one of our uh, volunteers out at the Lackland Air Force Base and our ministry there with the crew military ministries, one of our volunteers that works with us uh, has had a long contact with the congregation there in the city of Las Tablas in the Panama in Panama. And uh, we've arranged to go down and to speak and preach and sing and minister there and do some training, some evangelism training in the congregation there in the town, the city of Las Tablas is about four hours away from Panama City, where the canal, the Panama Canal is located and all. So Suzanne and I went down and enjoyed a wonderful time of of uh, fellowship with that congregation and and had a time of ministry with them. And uh, just uh, feel like the Lord used it. And I know he used it refreshing us, uh, helping us to kind of get a chance to get away, change routine for a little bit, but at the same time be involved in winning, building, and sending men and women uh, in, into the, to, in the kingdom of God here and uh, just doing it in another country, in another language. Got a chance to uh, practicar el español, ¿verdad? Porque... Able to speak Spanish because we lived in Spain for so many years. Uh, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it all came back to me, and we were we were excited to be able to communicate the gospel and share with the men and women there. So we maybe tell you a little bit more about that as the hour goes by here. But uh, we've just got back in the city, and and this is uh, this passage comes to mind. It was one of the passages I remember uh, citing and talking about down in. Uh, Panama, from Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18, there is something mentioned in Psalm 139 that outnumbers the grains of sand. What is it that is mentioned? That should be a great blessing to us. And then let's go to the book of the Proverbs, and we pick up there in Proverbs 30 and 31. Proverbs 30 and 31. Now I'm going to jump in. My first question is going to come from Psalm 31. I'm not going to go to the in order here because I think maybe you folks will know this wonderful psalm. So Proverbs, I mean proverb, Proverbs chapter 31 extols the virtues and the great value of what particular person? Uh, extols the value and the great the virtues and the great value of a particular person uh now not by name i don't mean it that way uh it's a particular person in most of our lives at some at some level uh what person is uh encouraged and lifted up for our for us to behold the life and the testimony of this particular person in Proverbs 31. What person? It's kind of a, it's a title, it's a position, and it's a person. What person uh, is uh, highlighted in Proverbs chapter 31? All right? If you know the answer to that, give me a call, 340-9585. And now let's go down to the book of Zechariah. Um when Messiah returns, 
And that's the theme of the final chapter of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is, is a book of uh, a prophecy, a preaching of uh, a prophet from the Old Testament. He, has, he is one of the most quoted of the Old Testament prophets, interestingly enough. And he speaks great, uh, a great deal about the Messiah, a lot of uh, messianic prophecies about the Redeemer, about the Savior who would come. And, of course, the Messiah is a huge theme throughout the Old Testament, over 300 predictions about this individual, this person. It's never uh, an impersonal force. It's not a, a time period. It's a person. Uh, of a male persuasion. It's going to be a male human being. It's not an extraterrestrial. It's not an animal. There's going to be a male of the human race who will come and help undo the work of Satan in, in his engineering of the fall of mankind into sin and judgment. So the Messiah comes to save man from his sin, redeem us, and uh, when Messiah returns, according to the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 4, when Messiah returns, his feet will stand on what mountain? And this mountain is found just to the east of Jerusalem. When Messiah returns, his feet will stand on what mountain? Zechariah 14, verse 4. Now let's go to the book of Malachi. Um, oh, there's a number of great questions here about from the book of Malachi. I may ask you a couple of questions from this book. Um, for one, God used Malachi to confront the men of Israel for their sins against the family. Maybe this is a... A Malachi's message would be give, to give to the to men of America today as well. God used Malachi to confront the men of Israel for their sins against the family. My question to you is, what two sins were highlighted? What two sins were the men committing? Look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 11, and in Malachi chapter 2, Verses 13 through 16. The men of Israel were committing these two sins against the family. What were they? You look in Malachi chapter 2, verse 11, and then verses 11, uh, 13 through 16. All right? Now let's go to, um, <clears throat> well, I said I was going to give you two, two uh, questions from the book of Malachi. Malachi predicted the coming of the Messiah, yes, as well as the other prophets did, but he said that a prophet like Elijah would come first to prepare the people to recognize and receive the Messiah. Who was this forerunner of Messiah? Malachi predicted the coming of the Messiah but he said a prophet like Elijah would come first to, pre to prepare the people to recognize and receive the Messiah. Who was this forerunner of the Messiah? All right, you can give us a call. If you know the answer th to any of these questions, 340-9585, 340-9585. 
and no one's on there now. If you'd like to call, you can be the first up on the Bible Live Quiz Show tonight, 340-9585. If you know the answer to these questions from Psalm 139, from the Proverbs, chapter 31 in particular, from the book of Zechariah, uh, we've asked questions from the book of Malachi. You have two questions. And now I'm going to ask you two or three questions now from the New Testament book of the Revelation. That's the last book in the New Testament. <clears throat> Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises something to the one who reads the book to the church. I've always liked this particular uh, promise in this particular passage from the New, Test- New Testament. The book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises something to the one who reads it to the church and to those and to those who hear it and obey what it says. That promise is, what is that promise? What is it that is promised? God is going to give something to the one who reads it to the church and to those who hear it and obey what it says. What, what is promised? Look in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. What is promised to the person who reads this book to the church? And that's me, folks. I got to do that this year. And for 14 years, we've been reading this book to the church every year. And there's also a promise to those who hear and obey what it says. So, uh, let's go then to another uh, question uh, in the book of from the book of the Revelation, what we call the Revelation in the New Testament. Um, where was John when he received his visions and wrote the book of Revelation? Where was John? The Apostle John, now very old now, uh, he was the youngest, many think, the youngest of the 12 disciples in the time and ministry of Jesus, but he is o- older now. Where was he, his geographic, physical location, when he received his visions and wrote the book of the Revelation? All right, then let's go to another question here. One more question from the book of the Revelation. I'll jump down further into the book. Um, In Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, John is crying. John, the prophet here, the the preacher, uh, the author of the book, is crying. So why is John Weeping. Why is John crying? You can find that in Revelation chapter 5, verse 4. Why does John weep? All right, you could give us a call, 340-9585. And one of my favorite people and best friends of all the world is giving us a call tonight, and I am so glad to hear from him after so many years, actually. He was instrumental in helping to begin the Bible Live radio program 14 years ago. Uh, this is the guy who's really been a part of that and been a great friend all these years. Hi, my friend. How you doing, Duck? What's up there, brother? Hey, man, I am I am holding forth and sticking, to, you know, sitting in the saddle still. Good to hear from you, pal. How are you doing? How am I doing? Yeah. 
Oh, I'm just getting older. Yeah, aren't and we all? <laughs> well, that's good. Aren't we all? Are you Are you healthy and strong and all good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. You're pretty much a walking miracle. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> well, no, you are. I mean, God is. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but you've been uh, you've been uh, holding forth and being strong, and you're defeating uh, you know a number of illnesses. And you've you're you're a strong fella, <laughs> Duck. Good to hear from you. What's going on tonight? How did you did you hear that the uh, the, the, uh, the change in the programming and call in, or what moved you to call us tonight? Well, I, I I listen to the program every night. Oh, I, that's great! Almost every night of the week, and uh, and then on Sundays I was listening last Sunday, and I wanted to call, but you had some interesting people called in, and sure, and I didn't want to, you know, get in on their time, so I just listened and uh, thinking about how much I miss you. Uh, you're my great pal. I really love you. Let's get together. Let's get together and have lunch one of these times and talk about the old times and what God's doing in us right now. Hey, can you hang on, Duck, and we can visit a little bit more when we come back? Can you, you do that? Oh, if you can, I can, and I'll be glad to visit. I'd love to hear a little bit more from you, maybe even a thought tonight uh, as we've been reading the book of the Revelation, maybe even have a thought for us. So hang on the line with us. Folks, we'll be right back. I hope that you don't go away. Duck is a great friend, and he'll have some thoughts about the book of Revelation. You can call us as well, 340-9585. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it would take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. 
Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist, Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Download the new KSLR app to your mobile device. Take us with you wherever you go. Download it for free at kslr.com. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. have a friend that I know that would be his testimony. It's all because of Jesus, and he's on the line with us tonight. A good friend we've known for many years. He's been a huge supporter of the Bible Live. Folks, you would be very surprised. I was just telling the uh, board operator here, John, our engineer, that's how surprised you would be about the 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 kind of people in the in the simple normal folk who have helped support and keep the Bible on the airwaves here for 14 years here at this great station and this is one of those folks I would call you normal duck but that would be a, that would be a uh, that would be a promotion for you <laughs> good oh you're still on the line with me duck are you they're still there. Yeah. Okay. Well, d- yeah, tell me a little bit what's going on in your world and and what's been happening. And I'd kind of like to know if you don't mind once you get it going here, uh, a little bit of wh- what caused you to be such a have such a passion for the scriptures. Ever since I've known you, you have always really loved the Bible and God's Word. And I know in your business, you you distribute distribute copies and you're quoting scripture and passages to people. And you've, uh, over the years, you, you've purchased sets of the Bible Life CDs and given them away to people. What, I, I was kind of wondering, what is the source of that passion for the scriptures in your life? Why does the Bible uh, seem to mean so much to you? Uh, now, you don't have to answer it right now, but I was kind of asking you in general how things are going what's been going on but sooner or later i want i want you to kind of explain to me uh why that passion for i know why i have that passion or the way i grew up and all but i'm kind of interested in what you how you would explain your passion for the word of god okay you want to do that over lunch oh you want to do that <laughs> i thought you would just tell i thought you'd tell me and just a few of our friends listening on the radio uh what it is that made your that causes you to You've always seemed to have a passion for the scriptures, and I, uh, I'd like to know what, a little bit about what makes that so important to you. Uh, 
Was it out of your right. youth or? Uh, well, it sure wasn't my youth. You don't like you to know. talk about yourself that much. I know that for sure. But yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, once I really understood about Christ, you know, uh-huh. and really asked Him into my life, and then I started to see how He works, you know and how the Holy Spirit works with you and how Satan attacks you. Yeah. You know, I've learned that from the scriptures. And uh, it's, I mean, it's all truth. And that's what everybody seeks or yeah. should be seeking. Truth. What is the truth. What's the truth? Yeah. What is yeah. really like, what's really going on? What is it all about, this thing we call life, you know? And uh, I agree with you. I, 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 I kind of hear from what you're saying, Duck, that it has to do with life experience. It, you've read the Scriptures. You've been living in the Scriptures. And it, and it just seems to you to really tell the truth of, as you've experienced it and seen a lot of life in, in your uh, over the years. To you, it seems to ring with with truth about what's really going on and how life really ought to be lived and how we really ought to treat each other. I, 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 I like that answer. I really do. In other words, you put it to the test now for a few decades, and, and you found it to be true and, and dependable, reliable. Exactly. You have to forgive people. You have to love people. Uh, you know, not as... Uh, like a relationship with yeah. your wife, but you have to have passion for people. That's right. Want to help them, you know, and that's what I've been doing for years. It really is. And yeah, I've seen it. I've watched it. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you're a great mentor. You taught me so much. We've had a good friendship all these years, even though it's been a few years now since we've actually kind of been around each other and actively talked like we used to. But still, I've always wondered in my mind. And uh, this past week, I was down in Panama. We uh, went down, and the family went down. And our oldest son, Scott, was down with us for a time. We did some ministry down there together. And, all. and he and I were talking about you after all these years. And he said, oh, have you heard? I hadn't heard from Duck in a while, but I bet he's still in there, you know, and all up to all his meanness and doing his good stuff. And uh, you were really, and he even mentioned that. Boy, that that was a man who really loved people and likes to help people. And uh, we've, we've noticed that about your life through the years, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I was glad to hear uh, about Scott. You know, yeah. and I heard him uh, the other night on the in the advertisement. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. Know. He helps us out a little bit. He, he's stepping up there, and yeah. that's fantastic. Doing a good job, Doug. You'd be proud of him. And the Lord's been good, and he's uh, he's. Uh, Worshiping, following the Lord, he's he's a strong, mature young man. You had a part in that, you know. You taught him a lot of stuff back in the back <laughs> in the day. So you guys are we're we're linked together. Well, listen, you and I do have to get together. We ought to talk over lunch and have a time of fellowship. I think it's very appropriate that you called in tonight because actually, as you know, I just announced that we're we're going to take the the Bible reading program now to the internet. We're going to try that for a season and see if we can help more people being able to hear the scripture. Scriptures uh, than just uh, you know on on the radio program, but we're going to continue being here on Sunday nights uh, with the quiz show. So we're hoping to. Uh, make a transition and test that out and see. Maybe we'll have to come on back to the radio as well. And if we feel like that, 
you know, if, if it doesn't work out. But we'd like to see if we can uh, expose more folk, giving more people a chance to hear the scriptures. If we go now yeah, to the internet, I mean, going to give it a shot. Got the technology, yeah, yeah. Take a shot at it. Yeah, the times are changing, and there's some openings, and we've got some good helpers, and will help us with it. So we're going to give it a shot. I'll, I'll let you know about it when we have lunch, and we'll talk about it. Okay? You got it, Toby. You're a great friend, a great brother. Good to hear from you, I'll, Doug. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. You betcha. Bye. Love that guy, great friend. I hope that you'll give us a call as well, folks, if you'd like to. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Love to hear from you. Maybe something about your passion for the scriptures and your. Uh, you know, what the word is, what God's word means to you in your life. You can pretty much talk to us about anything. Maybe uh, what your pastor preached on this week. Sometimes we ask folks that just to know. You know, know, wouldn't it be interesting, honestly, if if we heard from, let's say, 10 or 15 or 20 listeners, and they just told, here's what my pastor preached on today. Now, why was that interesting? Well, we presume, and I... You know, we we kind of make this presumption in our different churches and all that that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is leading our pastors, and as they work with the different congregations and large and small and different denominations and that sort of thing, that God is leading them to and and the messages they're delivering to His people, and we would presume then that that. If we got enough of those together, heard from 10 or 15 pastors, what was the theme of your message? What was the theme? It might give us some kind of an indication on the broader scale of what, you know, what is God trying to tell his people these days? What is, um, what is on God's mind for us? So, you know, what, what is it he's saying that we need to hear, uh, here as God's people in this country of America? Uh, would there, would there be any uh, similarity? Or would they just be all over the map, different congregations, different messages for different groups and different congregations? They could be all different, or it could be if there is a, if we notice that, hey, there seems to be a similarity here. There seems to be something that God seems to be trying to tell us. You know, I've always thought it would be interesting to uh, find out what the themes of a, of a good number of the pastors, what they've been preaching about. It seems like it might be it might reveal to us something that what God is trying to tell his people across the city or across the land. So uh, maybe you would like to share with us a little bit about that or just anything on your heart and mind. Three, four, zero, ninety five, eighty five. That's the uh, Bible Live quiz show here uh, that we've, we're talking about the books of Zechariah. We read the final chapter of the book of Zechariah this past week. We read the entire book of Malachi, uh, the uh, three chapters of the book of Malachi, and then we read three or four chapters. I'll have to look that up for sure to make sure I got the right number there. But we also read then from the book of the Revelation in the New Testament, the last book of the New Testament, which rounded off our readings for this year. We've This is our 14th year to read through the entire Bible, from Genesis to the maps, as we say. And, yeah, there are four chapters, and the, little, the fourth chapter is very short, only about uh, five or six verses. But the uh, chapters of Malachi, we read the entire book, and then we read Revelation 1 through 22. So if you would like to answer any of those questions we put out there, I was just fixing to give you some questions from the book of Revelation one of those questions was, in Revelation chapter 4, 
I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 5, verse 4, John, the author of the book of Revelation, starts crying. And I was asking you the question, why does John weep? Why is John reaping, weeping in Revelation chapter 5, verse 4? All right, let me give you one more question. We'll go down to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 describes the final judgment of Satan. The final judgment when Satan, the beast, and the false prophet, and condemned humans, condemned human beings, are cast into a lake, a certain to lake, to suffer torment, it says there in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20 describes the final judgment when Satan, the beast, the false prophet, uh, are cast into a lake, it's mentioned there, to for as part of their judgment. What lake is that? You know, we've got all of these lakes around our city, four or five great lakes. There, this is a famous lake in the Bible, Revelation chapter 20, verses 10 and then verse 14. What lake um, is it talking about? And people thrown into that lake are those whose names are not, not found in a certain book. What book is it? that their names are not found in. If your name is not found in that book, uh, it's the people thrown into this lake that we've been talking about. And you can give me a call, 340-9585, if you know the name of that lake. What's it called? Uh, and it's not Brownig. You know, it's Brownig Lake. Uh, it's not a fishing lake. People thrown into that particular lake are those whose names are not found in a particular book. What is this book that their names are not found in it, so they are cast into the lake. All right, there's a good number of questions out there on the airwaves for you. If you'd like to give us a call, 340-9585. All right, uh, I'll repeat the questions here in just a moment, just so that you hear them. I'm going to repeat them pretty quickly. Uh, so if you want to call in and answer them, give us a call, 340-9585. In Psalm 139... Verses 17 and 18, what is it that outnumbers the grains of sand? All right. Psalm 139, 17 and 18. And then in the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31 extols the virtues and the great value of a certain, a particular person. What person is the central theme of Proverbs chapter 31. And if you want to look at a specific verse, look at verse 10. Proverbs 31, verse 10. What person is featured and spoken of in Proverbs chapter 31? Uh, and look at verse 10 for the answer. To the book of Malachi, I mean, I'm sorry, Zach, Zechariah. In the book of Zechariah, talks a lot about the Messiah. Chapter 14, verse 4 says that when Messiah returns, his feet will stand on a certain mountain. And this is a mountain just to the east of Jerusalem. What mountain is it that Messiah's feet will stand on this mountain just east of Jerusalem? 
That's found in Zechariah 14, verse 4. Now, to the book of Malachi. God uses Malachi to confront the men, the men of the culture, the men of the society of Israel, for their sins against the family. What two sins were the men committing? Chapter 2, verse 11, and then chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. Chapter 2, verse 11, and then chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. What two sins against the family were the men of Israel committing that Malachi uh, confronts them about? And then Malachi also predicted the coming of the Messiah, but he said that a prophet like Elijah would come first to prepare the people to recognize the Messiah and receive him. Who was it that turned out to be this forerunner, this this herald, this pro- prophetic herald who came before uh, Jesus, the Messiah, he came to announce the coming of Messiah. Who was? Who did it turn out to be? And if you'd like, I'll give you a couple of passages you can look at. Matthew chapter 17, the book of Matthew chapter 17, and the book of Luke chapter 1. You can look in both of those books, and it identifies this, uh, this prophet that Malachi predicts would uh, come and introduce the Messiah, make sure people recognized who he was. So that, uh, 340-9585, that's our phone number, 340-9585. You can do just like Duck did, give us a call and um, join in, answer any of these questions, win some great prizes, share one of your own thoughts, your own, own ideas, and uh, maybe maybe ask a question that you've been having about the Bible. I'd be glad to g- give it a shot and see if I can help you, give you at least uh, at least one man's opinion about whatever might be on your mind, and maybe some of our listeners as well can call in. Then we read from the book of the Revelation. Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises something to the one who reads the book to the church and to those who hear it and obey what it says. What is it that is promised to the one who reads the book and the one who obeys it. Okay? Give us a call, 340-9585. The answer is found in chapter 1, verse 3. Now, in the second question from Revelation, I have a couple, two or three more, but I'll ask you this one. Where was John when he received his visions, the Apostle John, and when he wrote the book of the Revelation? Where was John when he received his visions and when he wrote the book of the Revelation? Give us a call. And uh, John has called in. Uh, curiously, not the John, the not the uh, prophet John or the apostle John who wrote the book of the Revelation, but another John, maybe his namesake. John, thanks for calling. I appreciate you here. You're calling in tonight. What's going on? How do you know I'm not the reincarnated John? <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> How you been doing? Good to uh, hear from you, John. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, we're doing pretty good. I used to know you at Lion Ark and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, sure, you John. You came in and you said, hey, I would pray that you would come and preach here. You became the uh, preacher there for a while. That's right. You're sure right there. We helped out. The, the great great out, little yeah. congregation. Good to hear from you, man. Do you yeah. want to, do you answer? Uh, you want to answer some of our questions tonight, or do you have another th- idea in mind? No, go ahead and give me a real quick. <laughs> you want a question? I could only hear a little bit here and there. 
Did you say you wanted, you wanted to answer one of the questions? Sure, I'll do it. Okay, let's see if you can get one for us. Um, when Messiah returns, this question, John, comes from the book of Zechariah. It said, okay. when Messiah returns, his feet will stand on a certain mountain that is the just... Mount of Olives. The Mount What would you say? The Mount of Olives, that's where it splits in half. The Mount of Olives, you're exactly right. Good for you. Wait a minute, hang on. No. I've got my little my little bell here to tell you you got the right answer, all right? Okay. There you go. Yay, John. You got it. You got it. Here's another question for you. Um, now, this is a little harder. This comes from the book of Malachi. Um, so it, Mala, mm, Mala, no, I'm going to ask you a different question. This is pro- Give me the Malachi one. Okay, the Malachi one. Malachi uses, uh, God uses Malachi to confront the men of Israel for their sins against the family. What two sins were the men committing? It's Mal- found, the answer is found in Malachi chapter 2, verse 11, and in Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. There were two things they were doing wrong when it came to the family, particularly uh, uh, it had to do with marriage. Yeah, uh, adultery and... Uh, and uh uh, they, they they fell in love with their wives. They're supposed to stay in love with their wives, and they good from day one. Okay, divorce was adultery and divorce were that's one of them. Yeah, but they were the doing something else. Was, they were doing something else that quite often the men of Israel did that they were not supposed to do. They were commanded. Um, they were commanded not to marry certain women. Which, yeah, uh, the ones outside. In other words, they went, you're supposed to marry within the Israel cult, and, and they were going. Well, within they were supposed to marry within the faith with people right, who and knew. They married all different faiths. Yeah, and they married outside you know, the faith. Then when he came on back, he started pulling beers and kicking butt. <laughs> Most of them gave up their wives. Yeah, Malachi really—he got after them. Yeah, they—they—they they, uh, they had. It. Well, good for you. That—that's a. Those are pretty tough questions. I didn't know you would know the answer to that one. Well, Malachi also predicted the coming of the Messiah, but he said that a prophet like Elijah. That was John the Baptist. You're helping. Good for you. Yeah, he wore a cam- camel. His clothing was the same yeah. as Elijah's camel. Health. He ate locusts so, and, and wore, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Family, and they passed it down. Okay. He is of the same family as Elijah. Hey, you're a pretty amazing guy. Okay, from the book of Proverbs. From the book of Proverbs, do you remember what the general theme of Proverbs 31? It's the last of the Proverbs, and it's written to extol the virtues and the great value of a particular person most of us have in our lives, uh, most of us men. Um, what is the, the general theme, uh, what, what, kind of the main person of Proverbs chapter 31? Do you happen to know that one? Uh, let's see. I forgot. The wife says uh, she's uh, better than all her children, etc., etc. Yeah. It's the wife. Yeah. The wife. Okay. The, the, the wife of noble character. It extol- right. This yeah. is a great, great she proverb. She her fingers and stuff and teaches yeah. staff to people. And she, trains her, she trains yeah. her children. She help, gives help to the needy. Uh, and there's little spots in there like when he... Uh, impulsive, the woman shouldn't preach and stuff. He's talking about women preaching 
with tongues most of the time. Oh, well, that's later yeah, on. Yeah, in the, that, yeah, that's what he's referring to with women preaching. But re- women can get up and preach just like a man can. Well, they can. You don't believe me, you listen to your wife when she wants a nag on <laughs> That reminds me of this billboard. I don't know if you've seen it around the uh, city. There's a picture of a, a woman standing there, and she's a lawyer. And, and he says, have you, have you ever argued with a woman? <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. good little advertisement about a woman lawyer uh, because most of us who've tried. Uh, this week I was spending some time with my wife and our, and our daughter and grandbaby and one of our sons. And we were in the car, and my son started to have a little argument. I mean, not a serious bat, mad argument, but a little disagreement with mom. And they were beginning to debate and kind of beginning to argue. And I turned back to his son and I said, Son, you might as well give up. You're never going to win this argument. I can tell. You know, we, we, when women argue, they, they can be pretty forceful, uh, no doubt about it. Well, John, you have done us all a great favor by answering a few of these questions and helping them get the answers. Uh, there are people out there just kind of wanting to know, what is the answer to that? And John okay. has helped us out One tonight. One question for you now. Yeah, let me hear it. Okay, I go to different churches, uh, a lot of them, some of them, don't believe in one save all, always save. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Others are Calvinistic. They believe no matter what, you're going to heaven. Okay? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, third one, and they're in ministry. Most of these people, they're, they're, uh, yeah. they work with the Muslims and stuff like that. Uh-huh. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. And that's true. true. And I try to prove it to them, and they, they can't believe that. And then all of a sudden, I start digging, and... A lot of them believe that you die and you're straight up with God. You're with God. You're absent with the body, present with the Lord, and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, the Bible all the way through, it says, you know, when the body's dead, your thoughts perish. Everything's gone until you resurrection. Then you wake up and you're standing at the judgment seat, man. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, you're not dancing in heaven and God comes and gets your body and unites and judges you. No, you, as soon as you die, you're dead. So what what you're asking me is what I think the the Bible says about uh, what happens to it after death. Is that kind of the idea? In other words, I want you to know if you agree. When you die, you're dead, period. There is no thought or anything else until the resurrection. Until the you're resurrection. Dead. So, um, yeah, there is, there is that school of thought that you die, that you sleep. Boy, uh, you're a politician. Do you believe that or not? <laughs> no, I actually don't. I, I my personal sense is that, and essentially from the scriptures, is that uh, we go immediately, we continue to be conscience, conscious. I think we are, John, I think we are uh, spiritual creatures that we, I am not my body and, and not even my brain, actually, that I am a spiritual being, a conscious, aware spiritual being inhabiting this body and using this body, using this brain and this nervous system. And that when this body is worn out and gives up, then I will go into a, the spiritual realm and I'll still be conscious and aware and I'll go into the presence of the Lord. That's that's none of us know with absolute certainty. We all can look at the scriptures and kind of get a because sense. Like all those people, there is uh, almost a hundred people that came back from the dead and never once mentioned anything about the glory of the Lord in the Bible that I can think of, except like Paul. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, would it be good to have a conversation with Lazarus someday? <laughs> what did go on, Lazarus? What happened to you? Uh, but yeah, you're right. We don't we don't actually hear from Paul. 
disappear or what? Yeah, know? yeah. Hey, I appreciate the question. We've got to go. We've got to take a quick break. Thanks for calling in, okay. John. Good to hear from you. You can call two three four zero, just like Robert has. Robert, don't go away now. I'll get to you in just a moment. 340-9585. We'll be right back. Chris Brown, host of Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. What if your finances could be worry-free? I believe this can be your reality, and it's all about one thing, stewardship. Weekday afternoons at 2 on AM 630 KSLR. Have you picked up your copy of The Beacon this month? The Beacon is San Antonio's largest Christian publication that brings you relevant articles and news about faith, family, and the community. Here are the headlines for The Beacon's November issue. On page 3, Patty Richter writes that celebrating Thanksgiving far surpasses the perfect turkey in her article, Thanksgiving in America, Not Just Talking Turkey. On page 4, movies and television are featuring more of a move to negativism and disturbing themes. Pam Luttrell examines this phenomenon in her article, Are We Losing the Battle for Our Minds? On page 18, how do many marriages that begin with a new exciting love end after several years in a bitter divorce? Stephen Cervantes explores that topic in his article, Are You Growing in Your Marriage? Read these stories and other articles only at one place, The Beacon. So pick up your copy of The Beacon today at over 300 distribution points across the city. For more information about The Beacon, log on to sabeacon.com. KSLR gives you great ways to save up to 50% on services and products from local businesses through our Family Values Program at KSLR.com. Learning Foundations is offering a learning skills assessment. If your smart child has been struggling in school, Learning Foundations can help pinpoint the reason. This learning skills assessment is a $495 value available today for only $250 with the Family Values Program at KSLR.com. Hill Country Institute Live, exploring Christ and culture, encouraging Christians to bring the heart and mind of Christ to all of life, crossing generational barriers to fellowship, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. here on AM 630 KSLR. Two little tablets is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area risk-free plus free shipping. Call 800-881-6080. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective. It's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. Grant Stevens, board certified plastic surgeon. I feel confident recommending Viviscal to women with hair loss, thinning hair, or even dry or brittle hair. It's 100% drug free and it's backed by years of clinical research. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that calls now gets a 90 day risk free supply plus free shipping. Call now 800-881-6080 800-881-6080 That's 800-881-6080 AMC 630 KSLR, KSLR.com, and on ChristianRadio.com. Tune in in the iHeartRadio app, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. AM 630 KSLR, San Antonio, a service of Salem Media Group.
listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. The Bible Live Quiz Show here on the air. You can give us a call, 340-9585, 340-9585. Let's go quickly to Robert, who has been waiting. Don't want to keep him waiting too long, and he's got a little a little, uh, an idea for it, maybe a little rebuttal. I think to the, the our last caller talking about what happens uh, after we move through the curtain of death from this life into the next realm. Uh, what does happen? A lot of there's a lot of people thinking maybe uh, we just rest and go into uh, kind of a rest until the resurrection. Others think we go into the presence of God. I kind of have that idea from the scriptures that we go into the presence of God, not physically, but uh, spiritually there. And uh, I think Jesus told the man on the cross, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." I'm. Uh, you know the the thief that was crucified alongside him, but um, maybe Robert's got another idea for us, and maybe some thoughts too about eschatology. Since we've been reading Robert the Book of Revelation, that might be a good thought for time for you to talk about. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what are you, some of your comments about the end times and what's going to, how this whole thing is going to be wrapped up? Good to have you on the line, by the way, Robert. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, yeah, even Moses, when uh, he spoke with God on the mountain, uh, he said, God, I want to see your face. And God said, no man can see me and live, And live. period. And uh, we zip down to um, uh, 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 Acts chapter 2. Uh-huh. Um, Peter says, you know, David, our patriarch David, you know, he's dead. His sepulcher is with us even on this day. He's, he has not ascended, which okay. means David is still in the ground. All right. And or, John, or, or at least he, at least he hasn't been physically resurrected yet. His bones and body are still, the remains are still there, right? Okay. That is the lie of the devil. We are dust of the earth. Okay. We, we die. Uh, look at the, uh, the last book of Ecclesiastes. All right. You know, we die. You mean, our, the, you mean the last chapter, the, the, the closing yeah. chapter? Yeah. Yeah, the last chapter. You know, it, it's the opposite of um, Genesis 2-7, uh, uh, you know, w- where the body, uh, I mean, where the dust of the earth and the breath of life makes a living soul. We cannot equate ourselves to be immortal. We are not immortal. That equates us to godhood. That is the big lie of the devil of Ezekiel. You know, I will send my throne. Uh, I, I will ascend above the throne of God. In other words, that he is above God. Right. We are only dust of the earth. All right. Then tell me, as you're looking about this, as you think, what is the biblical uh, teaching? What does the Bible tell us about what happens, as far as you can understand and discern? What does happen to human beings after, you know, after we close our eyes in death and take that last breath? What, what, what do you, in your understanding, what does the Bible tell us that happens? Well, look at um, uh, Job about uh, chapter 14, verse 
15. Yes. Okay. Uh, where are we? Job fourteen fifteen. I'm kind of getting over. About about. Uh huh. Somewhere around there. Okay. So what? Uh, uh, what answer do you have about what does the Bible teach about? Um, I know there's a passage where Job says, "If a man li- dies, shall he live again?" And he and then he talks about, "I know that my Redeemer lives, and that He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and my eyes shall see the latter him. day resurrection." And he says, "My eyes will see Him," and so on. Okay. Okay, skip forward now. When Jesus confronted Martha uh-huh. uh, uh, at the uh, at the death of uh, Lazarus, Lazarus, yeah. Okay, and he said, "What's going? You know, what's happening?" And Martha said, "Well, I know he will resurrect at the last." Day. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yes, very good. That's a good text to think about in that moment, yeah. And Jesus did not rebuke her and say, no, he's in heaven now. He's been dead for four days. Uh-huh. He's in heaven now. He did not rebuke her. He or, said, or correct I her, huh? am the resurrection. And the life, yeah. Well, yeah, I am the resurrection. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, what and, about the, the, the thief that was... Um, crucified with him and he says you know today you will be with me in paradise uh anything any thought there okay yeah uh paradise um under you know hebrew you know jewish law uh, I, 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 uh that was the hope of resurrection uh-huh he said in today words, you'll be died, but, and, but this is jesus saying you'll the be hope of resurrection so jesus was also in paradise uh, paradise was death. Okay, so Jesus is just telling them, the man, today you'll be dead with me. Uh, paradise. He, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So Paradise oh, is the actual hope of the first resurrection. So uh, what I'm trying to get you to, what was Jesus then telling this man? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. What was Jesus telling him? You're dead. The, okay, so today you're going to be dead with me. Uh, with the hope of resurrection with me. Okay, follow me. When, uh, after Jesus was resurrected, over 500 people were also resurrected. He might have also been resurrected. I see. Okay. Interesting. Because remember, the Scripture says that a lot of people rose from the dead at the resurrection. Are you talking about the the 500 people that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 15? Over 500 people saw him resurrected? No. Um, I I was just wondering if that's where you got the number 500. Uh, I'm using the number uh, roughly. I see. Uh, after Jesus was resurrected, a lot of people were also brought back from the dead. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It it says that, and I'm I'm the different. I understand it, you know, what that might have meant and what might have happened. I recently read something about that. See, uh, I also read I, scriptures, uh-huh. and I picture this man because 
his legs were broken. So I see him as crawling out of Kahina. Uh-huh. Joanna. Out of the pit of death. And other believers caught him, laid hands on him. They might have, you know, healed his bones. But yes, he, I believe, that thief on the cross was brought back to life. Okay. Interesting thoughts and ideas. I'm, I'm going to jump over and take another caller real quick, okay? Thank you. I do appreciate it, Robert, very much hearing from you. Good thoughts. Good. I mean, you know, people read the Scriptures, study the Scriptures, and background, and there's lots of different views. There's no doubt about it. Um in understandings, maybe you've been kind of prompted by some of these ideas to give us a call, 340-9585. In particular, we've been reading this last week. If you listened to the Bible reading program, we read the entire book of the Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, and it has a lot to say about life and death and judgment and uh, end times. A lot of people think it has to do with eschatology, the study of the last times and so on. Maybe you have a thought as well. You'd like to answer some of these questions for us. Uh, give us a call, 340-9585. Uh, I think it's Robert also has called in. Is this you, Robert, on the line with me? Is My it Ro- Austin. Austin. Oh, what's your name? Austin. Oh, I'm sorry, Austin. Uh, I, I got the wrong right. name, or oh, I, we may have lost a caller as well. I got it wrong. But I'm glad to hear from you. What's going on? And uh, are you wanting to answer some questions tonight, or did you maybe have a different thought or uh, something you wanted to share with us well, on the Bible Live program? I, I was prompted by the previous caller, but maybe I'll have time to answer questions. Okay, well, well, go ahead and I share was, what you was on your mind first, and then we'll get to some questions maybe. Sure. I was thinking about how uh, Jesus responded to the Pharisees, and I was thinking, you know, if, if David is just dead and just the dust of his body, then it would seem like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were dead too, and yet Jesus said, re- referring to them, that he was uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he was not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And, um, Very good observation. Story. Very good, yeah. I was also thinking of the story of Saul and how he hired like a witch or a medium uh-huh. uh, to get Samuel back, and, and his spirit showed up, not his body. Yeah, interesting. I've, I've heard different thoughts about that, that some people think oh, that okay. maybe... I, I don't know. Don't worry. No, I, I'm not... I don't really know what took place there. I know that uh, Saul... Uh, Saul, at least, was convinced that he actually saw the spirit of Samuel, and Samuel does speak to him and deliver a message to him. Some people Mm -hmm. I've heard over the years think that that maybe was a deception, that Satan was using this witch and and so to demonic influence to to pretend Mm. that there was a uh, a ghost of Samuel and to you know, and so on that that it really was a, a diabolic uh, deception, which I I don't know. It doesn't look like it. Doesn't say anything like that. But sometimes things happen in, always, the, in scriptures. I thought I remembered reading something about Saul seeing that it really was him, or yeah. or the witch seeing that it really was him. Yeah, and she was and, and she so, was uh, yeah. kind of she was kind of went bonkers because she was fearful herself and it surprised her as she had never yeah you're right that's that's the whole incident there is kind of 
it, it, something happened that was out of her control. It wasn't like she caused it to happen because she, too, was surprised by it. Saul saw it, and he delivered a message of condemnation. And some say that it was a deception yeah. and that it was Satan, uh, you know, d- demonic influence to try to bring de- bring about depression and, and hopelessness to Saul and so on. But but uh, you know if you read it right on the surface is we I wonder I kind of wonder what I wonder what Jewish uh, scholars and write what do they make of that passage do they, I wonder how I wonder how the Jewish people interpret or Jewish scholars and and so on I wonder how they interpret that well, passage. I bet you Jacob would know I bet he would um, he would have a several I, I miss the old guy you know he usually is able to give us some yeah. of those thoughts um, but um, anyway go ahead I was thinking about how he. Um, talked about how David was uh, dead, and it said that period, and when I hear things like that, it, it makes me concerned about people um, uh, looking at the Scripture and reading it in a very wooden, rigid way, uh, not not being w- uh, willing to look at the words in, uh, in a nuanced sort of way, yeah. open to different ways of looking at things. I, I think you're right. Um, it, it, I, I kind of agree with you. That I think... It, I mean, obviously, we're all human beings, and none of us have a corner yeah. on total, absolute truth. And the the great thing about well, the scriptures, yourself, <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, I do. But the point is, is that <laughs> that I, the safest thing to do with the scriptures, I think, is let the scriptures kind of interpret. Here, you've got these, you know, sixty six books written over a fourteen hundred year period. All of these different authors, all of these different time periods. All of these different settings and situations, and sometimes times of war, sometimes times of peace, different cultural settings and, and situations, and yet the the striking thing about it is that there is this very consistent revelation of the nature of God, who He is, what He's doing, uh, His His plan for humanity, and so on. There seems to be a very consistent message about it now. When you get into some of the details about how it functions and how it's going to iron out and how it's coming about, um, it, it's you really have to compare one passage with another and kind of have them all in mind. And and I think that's what uh, I think that's what Robert was trying to do as well is um, okay. trying to compare passages. He would you know went back to Job and he went back you know to Genesis and he went to Sam you know he went to, and he's trying to piece together what holistically. Does the Bible tend to seem to be telling us about what happens to us? Uh, what do you think? Just kind of more of a direct question to you, Robert. What do you? What is your general idea of what the Bible tells us about when we go through the portal of death? What What does seem in your mind? What do you expect to happen? Uh, you, you're talking to me, Austin. Austin, I'm sorry. I, I keep putting this another other name because I had another. It's all name. right. Um, well, uh, when we uh, die here before the second coming, you mean? Yeah, like if, you know, tonight okay. the Lord calls you to well, heaven. I, or... I think uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, uh, you know, you hear stories of, of uh, people uh, seeing things in heaven, but I don't think like some that we immediately receive a uh, new body. I think that God just allows us to quote-unquote see things by having things appear to us Uh uh, as spirits as though we had eyes Hmm. even though we don't really have any such things as eyes right and so we can we can uh, see quote-unquote see things without any 
a, di- a different kind of perception. Our retinas yeah. or anything. I suspect, I mean, I, I'm guessing that heaven will be a, a, a dimension. There'll be all kinds of different kinds of perception. We'll have, we're told, and Paul tells us, we'll have uh, incorruptible bodies. There'll be some kind of, of, of a, a body that is more adept and more, uh, in some ways... I think uh, that's when Jesus returns, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, ready for a, a more of a, a spiritual dimension, you know, um, uh, uh, existence. Yeah, we, we seem to... When we go into the spiritual realm, I, I, it, it's, it's hard to imagine... Uh, do you do you think do you ever consider yourself, for example, as a spiritual being? In other words, we we tend to get landmark oh, yes. on planet Earth. We tend to think we identify with this body. I'm a physical being, but frankly, yeah, we are spiritual beings, even though we inhabit a, 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 live in a physical world and we inhabit a physical physiological body and so on. We still are yeah, spiritual you, beings. You said the flesh counts for nothing, and uh-huh. I kind of believe that. I'm what's called in philosophy a an in, a dualist interactionist, where uh, I believe my spirit and body interact. Uh huh. And so, if one is damaged, you know the other is going to be impacted at least until they're separated. Uh huh. Interesting. I, uh, that sounds very fascinating. I, I did not know the uh, philosophical or the psychological terminology involved, or, or you know, the, the, what is yeah. that relationship between the body, soul, and spirit? It's one of the great uh, themes of Scripture, at least. And Paul, Paul says in uh, what is it? Is it First Thessalonians or Second? That he something about may you be complete and made perfect in body, soul, and spirit. And we're told in Hebrews that mm-hmm. the Bible is a two-edged sword. God's word is that it. It pierces to the, the separation between body, soul and spirit. Even you know, he's trying to emphasize how and if deep. If you wield it against someone, you might cut yourself too. <laughs> That's true as well. So you got to be careful, right? But but the whole point yeah. is that that the, the the God's word even pierces deep into our experience, into our essence as human, even to the depths of the, the separation between soul and spirit. Which I get, I gather from that passage then that at least in Paul's mind, as he shares that, and if we believe in his inspiration, that what. God might be telling us is that there is a distinction. There's a point of separating. We are spiritual beings. I always think the Bible says we are spiritual beings. We have soulish capacity, that is, uh, emotional and intellectual capabilities of reason yeah. and feelings. But we are, we are a spiritual being, but we have a soul. We have a body. Uh, that's kind of the way I yeah. think of it, it seems to me. It, Best I can tell. And I think that's part of being made in the image of God, along with being uh, immortal, at least for those who are saved, for sure. And and, and I was uh, concerned when he uh, said that, you know, to be immortal is to become equal or or to become God or, or something like that. And I'm yeah. like, why, why would having something, something the same with a being make you equivalent? I've I mean, you'd have to have everything yeah. be the same, not just one thing. I, I, I've kind of heard that before, that, and I think I kind of get where the idea is coming from. It, uh, uh, what I, I kind of think the word more is eternal. We may, we have yeah. been given immortality. God is the only one who is immortal in His very essence, but He has granted to us eternal life. Uh, we are not eternal. That would make us, of course, uh, that would be a, a, a theistic or godly prerogative and uh, uh, attribute. But we have been we granted. We have beginnings. We have a, yeah, we yeah. have a definitely beginning. But we have been granted, uh, in a sense, immortality or 
that will never whoever believes in me and trusts in me will never die. You know, we're told that we'll live. Although we die, we'll live again. And that he lives and believes in me will never die. So that I, I don't know. I think maybe uh, maybe John had a different idea besides about immortality than what we generally think of it. We just think of it as having received eternal okay. life, you know. Um, but anyway, and that's a promise to God's people that uh, I will, yeah. would not perish but have eternal life. You know, the the old wonderful verse of John 3.16. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Always good to talk with you, Austin. Uh, you always have, mm-hmm. you're thinking about the Word and so on. How, what, is the, what is the source of your passion for the Scriptures? How did you come to have, you sound young to me. Um, how did you come to have such a yeah, passion a, for the Word? I'm actually 28 tomorrow. Well, good um, for you. Happy <laughs> birthday, by the um, way. Yeah, and in fact, I was—I felt like sharing that um, uh, several weeks ago. I started doing a study of Genesis. I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if I ended the book, my study of Genesis, right when he came back around to Genesis? And it looks <laughs> like I'm going to study finish studying this week. Yeah, good. And, um, well, we'll be talking about so, um, it this coming week. The next Sunday, we'll be talking about the book of Genesis. Maybe you can share some things with us. I yeah, like but that. What started my passion, I guess, is. Is just uh, I guess my uh, my my medical issues. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it really helped me to study the word to mm. it uh, to 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 find comfort in the Bible, and then I found it to really be enjoyable. Yeah, to gain in knowledge and stuff from that, and it, it just I don't know, it just hooks you. It's like you feed for you first. Uh, force feed yourself, and then it becomes enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I get that. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think I, I, I started out real young in the scriptures. I guess I've always kind of been fascinated. Partially, it was a yearning and a longing, like the Bible says. It it is spiritual nourish, nourishment. I mean, it's it feeds your soul. It gives you hope. It helps you kind of understand things going on. Helps you cope with the challenges and uh, and and the. Uh, the experiences of life, but but then also it becomes uh, at the same time. Uh, after a while, you begin to see that it, it gives the the best explanation for the human experience. And li- now that I'm older, you know, uh, been in the Word since I was eight, and now I'm sixty six, and and all these. I've noticed that God's Word is adequate for every season of life, every, marriage, and children, and grandchildren, and career choices, and financial situations. And the Word, God's Word, seems to be really strong and helpful in in every challenge, every season of life. I I I, I've, I guess I've fallen in love with it more and more as the decades pass. You know, it surely is a dependable, yeah. reliable. Uh, source of truth and thought about our existence here. It really is. Let me jump over. Do you mind and take one more call before we? Sure. We're just going to be going in a little bit. Austin, always glad to hear from you. Who'd you say was on the line with us, John? Let's go and catch Mike here just before we have to go off the air tonight. Mike, good to hear from you tonight. What's going on? Hi, Sophie. Good to hear. Uh, What's going? On? The, the program, and um, I, I've been reading in Genesis. So. Oh, good. I had an ob- observation that. Uh huh. That I wanted to share with you. I don't know. And maybe with Austin, is he's been uh, there too? Maybe he's still listening, and you you might say something encouragement to him too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and and listening to Doug was wonderful. Good. But but the observation I had was about Lot 
that uh, tagged along with Abraham. Yeah, his and, uh, uh, nephew, right? Pardon me? His nephew, right? Yeah, yeah, his nephew. Well, um, the reason Lot tagged along with Abraham was because his father died. Right. And so he went along with his grandfather, Terry, Terry, Terry? Terra, uh-huh. Terra and Abraham to Canaan, and it was all because um, the son of Terry, Abraham's brother, uh, uh, passed away. His dad died. Right. So he went along with Abraham. And I just thought that was, um, that's the reason he went. Yeah. I mean, the, isn't it amazing? I've always thought it was interesting how much of the Bible, many of the, the Bible characters and, and the, the, how human relationships tend to bind people together. You know, that um, Jesus, that John the Baptist was Jesus' second cousin and that uh, this one was related to this one. And, Peter, you know, the brothers, Peter, James, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And, you know, the, it's funny how through all of Old and New Testaments, often when you get to these Bible characters and so on, you'll find there's some relationship. Family, friendships, you know, something like that, and 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 on the one hand, you think, well, that to me that just adds to the authenticity of of our the biblical revelation because really, our lives do tend to revolve around relationships of family, of friendships, of neighbors, of of uh, this one knows that one. What is that famous book about six degrees of separation that uh, you know that we're all within just six persons of knowing every person. We're all just six within six people from your life, Michael. You probably have a relationship with every person on on planet Earth. That's the idea, I guess. Something to do with the actor, what's his name, Bacon, Kevin yes. Bacon. But uh, there is that theory that we're all within just six or seven people. Everywhere you of go, contact with anywhere everybody you go. else as well. AM six thirty K. What is that going on here? Well, we'll get back to it in a moment. Uh, I'd like to try to answer that question on uh, Psalm 139, verse 17. Yes, what is it that is more more uh, numerous than the sand of the sea, the, the grains of, so- of sand? I, I've read that a while. His thoughts about us? Yeah, God's thoughts about us. Isn't that an amazing thing that God actually... It is thinks about you, Mike, and about me. Uh, that's, Holy mackerel. It blows my mind. It really does. Thank you, pal, for calling. Thank you, Sophie. You bet. Folks, see you next week here on The Bible Live with Show. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Sophie and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.